This is On The Radar, episode number 75. Coming at you, as always, is me, your host, Radar. And as we talk about local and national sports and pop culture as well, a lot has happened. We got the football offseason going into all these moves. We got the NBA trade deadline. And we have hockey season still going, baseball with all these moves and everything. And don't worry. When the baseball season officially starts this Friday, following Friday, you'll have the usual observations and, you know, information from all the lineups in every single game and things, you know, that irk me. And the written baseball preview is up at Radar4428 on Blogger. And the baseball prediction of the 26-man roster, which is a very tricky thing where... You're not sure if a team in the American League will finally go with five position players, or they maybe go with six. And the National League already has five position players, but they go with six because it all everybody's about the bullpen and adding more relievers. So that will be something to look into. But let's start with some football news. Both T.Y. Hilton, James White, and Dominican Sue, Donovan Smith, the offensive tackle for a two-year deal. Demarcus Robinson, Carlos Dunlap, a two-year deal. Leonard Fournette, four-million deal. And... Uh, Mercedes Lewis getting a two-year deal. Pretty much everybody decided they want to go back to where they were. So that's good for the Colts, keeping the veterans. Same thing with the Patriots. The you know the Buccaneers keeping every single player for the most part that mattered. Jets signed Tevin Coleman to a one-year, two-million-dollar deal. That's interesting. The Bears brought in Damian Williams. Okay. Just another running back. The Bears already have Tariq Cohen and Montgomery. But, yeah, whatever. Vikings traded their, their, their number one overall pick in this year's draft which is sixth pick for a center in Mason Cole. I guess they want to prove the offensive line. That they say, you know, we're willing to give our first-round pick for somebody who's really good. Uh, Zion Williamson has 21 straight 20-point games, passing Luke and LeBron for the most before age 21. Um, LeBron is still last four to six more weeks. Um, the Patriots had an offensive tackle named Justin Huron, who they're considering a hero for what he did he was having what's saving a retired school teacher from a sexual assault so the story is that he was in he was you know saw innocent bias banner and stopped the attack so it's just interesting to see football player deciding to play hero off the field that's very cool um sad news though houston tumlin known for playing walkie bobber the son of will ferrell's character tailgater knights Died as died at his home at the age of 28. Rest in peace to him. And um, and the actor Richard Gilligan, you know, I'm not Gilligan, Gilliland. He is known for being in a lot of TV shows, um, The Streets of San Francisco. He was in Operation Petticoat. He was in a lot of things. He was on a love boat designing women. He did some Matlock. He did some other TV shows like The Practice, Party of Five, uh, Joan of Arc. He was in the 24 series for a lot of time. He passed away at the age of 71. Rest in peace to him. He had a short illness that affected him, but rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to the f- former football coach, Howard Schellenberger, who worked at both college and professional, the Colts. Miami University, University of Oklahoma, University of Louisville, Florida Atlantic, and he started at Florida Atlantic. He 
was also part of the staff on the undefeated Miami Dolphin team. He was recruited Joe Namath to Alabama for Bear Bryant. He, you know, won a championship with the University of Miami. He also worked with the Rams as well and uh, won what undefeated record in all the bowl games. That's pretty interesting. The man passed away at 87. He, he's definitely considered one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. So it's a, sad to lose him as well. And we also lost some more sports legends as sports people. Mike Bell, the son of longtime major leaguer and manager Buddy Bell, grandson of Gus Bell, and brother David Bell, who was the Reds manager. He'd been most recently working as a bench coach for the Twins and was a player with the Reds. Wasn't really a major leaguer, but he passed away. You know, after having cancer, he won procedure of the kidney cancer, and he left the Twins for the time being for the cancer. He did just pass away after, from that, so it's sad to lose someone, especially when he's just 46 years old, so rest in peace to Mike Bell. And we lost Dr. Bobby Brown, former Yankees third baseman. He was the president of the American League from 84 to 94. He was a physician who studied for his medical degree during his time with the Yankees, and he was a member of four World Series championship team. So yeah, that was pretty impressive in the fact that he became a cardiologist and uh, then at one point was the president of the Texas Rangers and then he still practiced medicine and it's pretty interesting back and forth. He worked for the office commissioner as well and it was just pretty interesting to, uh, to be a doctor and a World Series champion of the Yankees. He passed away this, the past week at age 96. So rest in peace to Bobby Brown. Then we lost Bob Plogger, Canadian hockey defenseman who played for 14 years for the Blues. And he played in other, you know, capacity. He passed away at 78 years old. He was in a, had a heart attack issue with a, with a car accident and two-vehicle collision the other day. All his brothers also played with him in the NHL on the St. Louis Blues. That was pretty interesting. It, you know... He then went on to do some scouting, coaching the minor leagues, and his his jersey retired by the Blues, a seventh player. So it was just sad to lose another legend in the world of hockey in the St. Louis Blues community. He passed away seven eight. Rest in peace, Bob Plagger. The biggest death, I'm not saying it matters more, but is a longtime actress and voice actor who appeared in over 170 films and TV and stage production. Jessica Walter passed away at 80. She's really famous for later on in life playing the mother in Rest Development and voicing the mother Mallory Archer in the animated Archer series. So Lucy Blue, my Archer. She has won a bunch of Emmys before Screen Actor Guild's Golden Awards. You know, she did Broadway and she was in Clint Eastwood's play for Me for Misty. And she was in Amy Pentress. She was on Trapper John. She was in 90210. She voiced the character in the Dinosaurs show as well and and a bunch of other things. So it's interesting that she's in all these things that people know from all over the world because I remember her being in Mission Impossible at one point. But yeah, she's in plenty of movies from 1964 to even 2020 with some time off. But yeah, she was in so many things. She was in a show called For the People. She was in love, five episodes of Love American Style. 
and she was, as I said, she was in episode three of San Francisco. She was in Barnaby Jones some episodes, the love, the love boat. As I said, Trapper John. She was in Three's a Crowd. She was in a show called Wildfire. She was in Aaron's Way. As I said, Dinosaurs, and then this thing called Oh Baby. And for me, I've seen every episode of Rest Development. I own it on DVD, and I've seen every episode of Archer, and it's one of my favorite shows of all time that I was still watching. She was in the show Retired to 35 and Jennifer Falls. As I mentioned, Star vs. Evil Forces. Then she was in Good Girls, two episodes. And uh, it's just sad. And I know you're saying, oh, she's 80. She lived a long life. But it's just sad because when she's a part of two of the shows that have been on your for most of your life, then... Yeah, I know there was a, a a gap when it came to that, when it came to rest development, but it's interesting that she was married to another actor, Ron Lieberman, and until he passed away, and he had a long career as well in the acting field, so rest in peace to Jessica Walter. Um, so it... Not to get a little bit more excited, there was a bunch of NBA trades last week. And the Heat acquired Victor Oladipo for backup Avery Bradley, backup Kelly Olynyk, and a pick swap. Now, Oladipo's going to be a free agent, so this is all about Miami trying to go all in after the success in the bubble. And I'm like, okay, cool. If that's what they want, a combo guard to work with Butler, who's already sometimes playing the four with the Robinson, Hero, and Nunn shooting combination. And they still have Iguodala, and they have Gordon Dragic. And bam on the team, but they already got rid of Miles Leonard. And I know you could say all oh, about his anti-Semitic comments. Yeah, they were not correct. They got rid of him, and they now get rid of Kelly Olynyk. What what big men do you really have backing up Bam out of bio that you got to play the likes of Jimmy Butler or Iguodala at power forward? That's where my question is. You could say, oh, they got young Precious, and they got. Trevor Reza to trade, you could play power forward if needed. But there's just not a lot of, you know, size. Avery Bradley, you don't really need him if you have Trevor Reza and you get Old Depot. So, but yeah, so it helps them getting a guy who could handle the ball. And on the bowl, I'm happy they got rid of Wendell Carter Jr. He's been a draft bust, never been healthy, not really center. In today's game, he couldn't play power forward. Otto Porter Jr. cost a lot of money, never stayed healthy. They did two first round picks. But if Vukovic makes the Bulls a playoff team, you know, they acquire the center Nikola Vukovic and Al Frucamino. If the Bulls actually are a playoff team for the next three years with these guys, then those draft picks won't really matter. The Celtics, they went and got Evan Fournier, and people were saying they need to get a big man. Well, they at least got themselves another player who can handle the ball and shoot the three. Now, interesting, the Bulls traded Daniel Gafford who had some potential, but he's always been hurt. And Chan Hudson is the same thing to the Wizards to get Mo Wagner and Troy Brown. They then get Troy Brown and Daniel Tice from the Wizards, I mean, from the Celtics for Mo Wagner. So that's interesting. The Bulls say, you know, Hutchison and Gafford and Porter and Carter, they're never healthy. So let's get a young, interesting player in Troy Brown. I like that. That's building to the future. Getting Daniel Tice, he could be a free agent, but hey, if he likes playing with the Bull and playing with Vukovic and Zach, and Zach Levine, the Bulls will have two centers. It's been a long time since the Bulls had any good centers. Lopez was serviceable, but last time we had a good center was Joe Noah, 
us having two centers has been a very long time. The Magic go out and get Aaron Gordon. The problem is when you lose Jeremy Grant and Plumlee, you're kind of relying on Millsap. Eh. So it's a good thing they got Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon's probably not going to be asked to play small forward because they got Michael Porter Jr. And yes, they traded one of their wing players, Gary Harris, but they still got Will Barton. It's interesting they traded RJ Hampton, but you know, with Jamal Murray, you don't really need a backup point guard that's going to play a lot. So if Aaron Gordon gets to play power forward, you know, alongside Nikola Vukovic and Michael Porter, not Nikola Vukovic, I mean Nikola Jokic, excuse me, and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and, and Gary Barton, it's not a bad starting lineup. And the Nuggets can get back higher in the playoffs to get they want. The Kings acquired Mo Harkless and Chris Silva again. And they do them much, but Miami thought giving Nemanja Balika gives him a stretch for it and shoots so it helps him out there. Sixers, though, getting George Hill and not Kyle Lowry or Rajon Rondo. It's going to be good enough because we know he can handle the ball and shoot the three. And for them, they're giving up Ferguson and like a backup and two second round picks. It doesn't mean anything. Sixers also got some Iggy Bardakis guy for the Knicks, but it's not a big deal. And the Thunder, of course, got Austin Rivers like they did Miles Leonard, and they just flat out released him. Portland decided they Norman Powell's an upgrade over Gary Crant Jr. and Ronnie Hood. So it's really our two players the same as one. You know, I thought Toronto was going to be selling players. They really did not. Denver also, because I said they lost a bunch of big men in the offseason, got JaVale McGee for a guy they were never going to play anyway. The Kings got DeLon Wright and said goodbye to Corey Joseph. So it's really swapping which point guard you want better. The Raptors got a guard. I mean, traded a guard named Matt Thomas to the Jazz for second round. Doesn't really do anything. The Kings acquired a, a, another guard. This time it came from the Raptors. The Raptors give the Jazz again. They're just giving away players. The Hawks got traded away Rondo, which I thought was interesting because I thought they got him for the playoff. But what do I know? They get Lou Williams, who, you know what? With Trey Young having the ball in his hand, having another score off the bench will help this team. So that's interesting. And then the Mavs said, you know what, as good as it was to have James Johnson on this team, we're going to get J.J. Redick because when Curry, you know, Steph Curry's brother left the team, that it was just like, that, you know, that Seth Curry is such a good shooter that you lose him in that trade for Josh Richardson that we need a shooter in J.J. Redick. And Trey Lyle just gives him more front court depth as well. So James Johnson was good enough, but it's not like, Another J.J. Redick. The Hornets got Brad Wanamaker from the Warriors because they just said, yeah, we don't need him anymore. And Golden State, Marquise Chris is out for the year, so they just traded to the Spurs for a player that, you know, the Spurs are not going to, you know, need in the first place. But overall, all the Depot and Atlanta and, uh, and, and Nikola Vukovic and Aaron Gordon will immediately help their teams. A lot of these trades are just shuffling the deck pieces for like, oh, I'll give you a couple of my players for that guy who I think is better than those two guys combined, or I'm just trying to get rid of something. That's the thing that is not the most interesting thing. But the Bulls, though, got themselves two centers, and the last time they had two good centers, it's been years, and this Troy Brown Jr. guy, which will definitely help them out. And um, all these trades here are just, you know, I said a lot of them are just moving pieces around. And then in Brian Scalabrini news, some guy, uh, you know, high schooler, I guess, decided, hey, I'll play for your shoes and try to challenge him. Even though he's in his 40, and Brian Scalabrini, people make fun of him for being a scrub. The dude was on the Nets when they made the playoffs and the Celtics, and he was a pretty good player for the Bulls when they played him. Every NBA player is better than anybody off the street. Every college athlete, like a guy who played college basketball, is better than anybody off the street. So 
you know, these people just got to stop trying to challenge people. Like, Nate Robinson and Israel people challenge him. A lot of people try to challenge WNBA players. Like, no, WNBA players are better than some NBA players. So people got to stop with the whole uh, trying to challenge people and stuff because it's just really, really, really stupid. Now, some more football news is the Cardinals signed Malcolm Butler because Patrick Peterson left him. That's a good one. And um, and Washington signed Adam Humphrey, so they just keep loading up receivers for Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is a very good thing for them. And um, Dolphins and Eagles and 49ers made this huge Pirates pick swap that I'm, that I'm going to get into because it's just like, okay. So the idea is, why in the world did the did the you know the Dolphins do all this? If you know they trade away their pick to the 49ers, and then the 49ers, and then the Dolphins work with the Eagles because basically San Francisco gets the number three pick, who then Miami got their pick, but then Miami trades that to the Eagles so they can move back up. So basically, if you're playing along at home, the Dolphins basically. Sent the three picks of 49ers for the 12th pick. Then the Dolphins traded that to the Eagles, which means that the the Dolphins then will have the sixth pick in this year's draft, and they also get multiple future-round picks for their haul. Miami also has the 18 picks this year. So Miami comes out of top, and you're looking why the 49ers give up all those picks just to move up to the three spot when they're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, unless they can trade Jimmy Garoppolo and get stuff. So the Dolphins go, we're going to keep Tua, get all these picks, and we can build a team around them, and the Eagles doing the same thing. So that's the thing. They did trade. So that's so that so the trade is all this weird stuff because again they moved the 12th pick and some other picks around. So it's all this drafting that the Dolphins are sticking with what they have at quarterback and the 49ers are like they have to get the quarterback. Why would anybody give up all those potential future first round picks, second round picks, and and moving around if you're not going to be drafting a quarterback with the first pick in the draft? I mean with the third pick in the draft. That's where. My confusion is on why they did this in the first place, but it's just a lot of things going around, and it's just weird. Willie Sneed signed with the Raiders, and Sammy Watkins signed with the Raven, with the Ravens, so the Ravens get themselves a receiver, but at this point, he's not a star, and Willie Sneed is just an extra guy. Marshawn Lattimore is arrested with a loaded gun and a stolen gun possession, so the Saints can't get lucky. They keep losing players to the cap hits, and then this. Oscar De La Hoya announced he's coming out of retirement to box on July 3rd. Chase Daniels is going to the Chargers, and it's a really easy job to back up Justin Herbert. That's interesting for him. And as I mentioned, LaMarcus Aldridge and both Andre Drummond were not traded. They were bought out as teams decided eh, they're going to be free agents or their contracts are too much to acquire. And LaMarcus Aldridge joined the Nets. A lot of people thought he was going to join the, like, the Heat or the Celtics, or somebody that needs a big man. But, of course, he goes to the, the team that already got Blake Griffin. So I don't really see that really being an amazing trade. But at least they get another guy who can score easily from the inside. He's not. He doesn't want to play center. He's been very clear about that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. And with Drummond, with the way that Anthony Davis has been hurt, LeBron's been hurt, and the Gasol pairing with... Montrezl Harrell hasn't worked, so whatever Drummond gives him, it's going to be good. Now, obviously, he could have gone else places and got more minutes, but hey, it's going to help them. Al Horford, they announced the Thunder, they're not going to play him the rest of the season. Um, Al Horford could have helped. Hey, funny, go back to the Celtics, go to Miami Heat. 
there are plenty of teams that could have used the big man down the stretch. I know he wants to pay for his contract, but still, we've got some sort of trade. And Austin Rivers was cut after he was acquired. And Jabari Parker's probably going to be cut. So there's a lot of guys who are going to be cut because they're just not using them. And it's going to be the buyout market there. Mike Woodson, the former Knicks and Hawks coach, is now to the Indiana head coach for college basketball. Congratulations to him. It's going to be the third straight year, though, in soccer. The men's team does not qualify for the Olympics. That's kind of, you know, Bears thing. And the NFL announced they're going to have a 17-game season with only three preseason games. Like, I like the extra playoff game they had, making the one wild cards, I mean, the one bye round, bye week round for a player, for a team to be on the bye, more important than just saying the two best teams because then it makes it harder for a team to try to make the playoffs. But 17 is way too much with how violent this game is and how injured these players are. That's where I'm just like, yeah, this is just not a good idea. But hey, I guess if the Player Association voted on it, then that's what's going to happen. Um, and the Bucks have picked up Jeff Teague because I said when you traded away a lot, you traded away a lot of your depth for Drew Holiday. And the previous week when they traded for PJ Tucker, they needed themselves a, a point guard. And the Magic, who got Jeff Teague in the Evan Fournier trade, go yeah. We definitely don't need him. So they went and got him. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens there with that. And um, the Giants signed defensive line of Danny Shelton. So that's, again, improving the team in that way for the Giants as well. And um, the other news in sports is that Patrick Marlowe now is only behind Gordie Howard for the most games played in NHL history with 1,757 and counting. He packed Mark Messier and... Um, pretty impressive thing to be playing that long and be on the list with all those people so that's interesting there and Raiders and offensive tackle Colton Miller have agreed to a three-year extension worth 18 million dollars per year that is a lot if you check out Adam Schefter's Instagram and all over the internet you notice that Bruce Aaron's got a tattoo to celebrate the Buccaneers win that's interesting now in baseball news Lance McCullers on a five-year extension because the Astros go we're not sure whatever's going to happen with Verlander. Grinky's getting old. Got one really guy left from the World Series team, and he's kind of young. So we might as well lock him up before he's gonna, we're going to lose him in free agency. Chris Woodward got his option picked up for the 2022 season. I don't get it. The Rangers stink, and they're going to stink. That's just stupid. And it was reported Matt Barnes had COVID, but it found out there was a false positive, so he's going to be fine there. Gio Gonzalez announced his retirement from Major League Baseball, and he's 35. I was like, the Sox signed him last year to the team. I thought he'd be a good fifth starter, but they didn't even try him as a fifth starter, which was one of their mistakes. But he was a two-time All-Star and led the league in wins once. Pitched for Oakland Nationals, Brewers, and was on the White Sox before they traded him to the Phillies, then traded him back to the White Sox, and then he went to the A's. I still thought with a team like the Marlins, who are going with Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, and three question marks because they're not using Sixto Sanchez right away, and the Gio Gonzalez could have eaten innings out of the bullpen or the rotation, but I'm guessing they just sold him in. He's not going to make the team, and so happy trails to him. He has a winning record of 131 wins. He has 1,800 strikeouts and a below 4-year race, so it's not that bad. Scott Over's career could be in jeopardy after all the injuries he piled up. The latest one is having blood clots. That is not something that you knew. There was an issue with these NBA players. They don't want to let him back on the court because they got all these injuries because... He had the same history in 2019. He had blood clots in his arm ending his season. And then 
Again, they shut it down during the 2010 season when making an appearance, so this is just probably something that's going to affect him for the rest of his career, and he's not going to have one. The Rangers, Jose Leclerc, again, last year he got hurt, missed all of last year. They weren't sure if he was going to start the season. He had Tommy John, so another guy having Tommy John and being out for the year is just a lot. And um, the Cubs made some decisions. Eric Sogard and Matt Duff, you're making the team for you local Cubs fans. And Rex Brothers making the bullpen. But Ildemo Vargas taking off the 40-man roster. And they cut Cameron Maben. And Nico Horner was the big thing where they optioned him. So now Bodie's going to start. So that's interesting. The question is, who is our backup outfielders? If Matt Duffy and Sogard are 99% of their career infielders and... You cut Kevin Maven. Is somebody else from the AAA on a minor league deal going to make the team that we don't know about? That's the interesting thing here. The Mets announced that they're having the black jerseys back, so that is cool because everybody's a fan of that. The Twins and Randy Dobnik tied a five-year extension. He's one of the potential starting pitchers in this rotation because you know at some point that Michael Pineda and Matt Schumacher are going to get hurt. That's, you know, something that everybody knows at some point. The White Sox officially said goodbye to Jonathan Lucroy, despite the fact that the biggest news is Eloy Menace is going to be out like five, six months with a shoulder. He was leaning on the wall in a, in a, in a spring training game and decided it's a good idea to put his arm over the wall and hang there when he's had issues running into the wall, only almost running into teammates, falling into the stands. That he got it. This they got. He should have been careful because they're expecting him to be that either clean up or number five hitter this year. And because of that, it's going to shuffle a lot of pieces. So we thought, okay, if it's shuffling a lot of pieces, then Luke Croy and Zach Collins would make a team. But they, the Sox decided they don't want him, and he asked for his relief. And they picked up Jake Lamb, a former third baseman, first baseman, who is a slugger, but hasn't been the most healthiest. And the Sox don't really need slugger. They needed a guy who can actually play the outfield. That's where I'm not sure about it. And it's just sad because the potential thought Eloy Menace would win an all-star and win another silver slug or make the all-star team. All of the things like that. He get the respect that he deserved because he he didn't win Rookie of the Year when he should have. And I forgot to mention Joe Cunningham, from a Major League First Baseman and outfielder who played for the Cardinals, the White Sox, and the Senators passed away. He was a two-time All-Star, but that was the year they had two All-Stars, and he managed and coached the minor leagues, and it was a, and you know did some you know coaching and scouting. He passed away at the age of 89, so rest in peace to him. I also want to announce the WNBA news. Alicia Clark, the former Seattle Storm champion who signed off elsewhere this offseason, she's going to be out for the year. And Will Harris had a blood clot procedure, so again, with the Scott Ober thing, somebody else having to not have to worry about pitching because it's a little bit not important in the game of baseball, but it could be really bad for your health. Will Harris, the reliever of the Nationals, hopefully he gets healthy in that situation. And also, G-Man Choi to undergo arthroscopic knee surgery, so without their first baseman, that is not great news for them because... They were expecting a lot out of him when it came to playing first base. And the last football news is Colt McCoy signed a one-year deal with the Cardinals. And the Marlins announced the new name of the ballpark is going to be Oyoen Depot Park. That is very interesting that they this going really brand name there. Now, the pop culture is that Superstore 
canceled mid-season as a season as a final season. Less episodes and the season finale aired. You gotta give me some time to get to that and get my thoughts on that because they decided they're gonna pass on a Bowen Diane spinoff, which I think is really stupid. But that's another story. And the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show was announced. And of course McGregor and Christensen are gonna be in the show, but Joel Egerton and Bonnie Peace will be in the show. They reprise their roles. They're adding India Varma, and they're adding Kumail Nanjiani, Soon Kang, and O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son. So that's going to be interesting to have this show out there because people have been talking about like all these like supposed Star Wars spinoffs and things like that. So that's, that's good out there for those interested. And Sherrod Osborne has left the talk, so... That's interesting. ESPN is announced on ABC they're going to have a college game day crew type of situation for the draft. Jim Mance is re-signing with CBS. Congratulations to him. Jamel Hill, who has been doing her own thing after she left, um, and I don't know if she's doing undefeated or not, but she has left. She's not, like, leaving her thing, but she's adding to the Levitar John Skipper, you know, ship, and and Mike, you know, Mike sure the creator of all those sitcoms, he's joining as well. That's interesting that they're taking a TV show writer and that's what they're going to do. And FBI and FBI Most Wanted, the two shows that are on CBS, they have this, they have been renewed both, which is awesome because both of them deserve to be renewed. They're the type of shows that you want, like straight up procedural. Yeah, there's some, you know, personal life and stuff like that, but there's nothing inappropriate or really unneeded in these episodes. So that that's a good news. Now, speaking of procedural shows and on the major broadcast networks, the final show that's before all these shows that are coming out in like April is that I'm going is the show Debris, and the show Debris is one of these big science fiction type of shows where there's like a major event that happened and you got agencies and people in the dark and just regular human beings trying to figure out what happened. And you're gonna figure out which agency and which group of people is looking into it, and it's all about trying to figure everything out, and this time it's where you get the CIA and the and the MI6 working together. And I'm just interesting. I didn't think the CIA. Everybody'd be saying they can't be working in the United States, but that's where it's just like, ooh, that is not good. So. So, so the two, so it's basically a joint task force, but it's court. One keeps secrets from the other. They have to work together. They each have people that are in charge of them, and the only person like that I like know of is someone who was in Supergirl briefly. Like I don't know any of the actors, so there's not really emotional attachment to them. And instead of it being the day that debris happened and all the aftermath and them going into it, it's like from pilot to the first episode it's like months like three four five months into it and you got to just catch up and go okay these are the people in the show this is what's going on this is what's going on it's just it feels like they should have started from the beginning and not just in the middle because there's really no like character development and, and you know growth and like being can you know us getting used to the character you know their life seemed very boring the writing is not that good the special effects and the investigation parts are great. The science sci-fi element of it is great. But these actors, no offense, they're not really good actors. And maybe they're good enough actors if they're like supporting cast or extra or like reoccurring. But they're not good actors in leading roles. It's not about, oh my god, I've never seen them before. They're not good. 
or how they're doing it, but so obviously they started filming it before COVID and stuff. But it's just not that great because like there is sci-fi element, but like I'm bored. There's just a lot of talking, there's a lot of unneeded things going on, and I'm just it just gives you an eh, it's okay, like not great, not bad, but it's just like yeah. So I'm sorry, NBC, but you gotta stick to like one big science fiction television show event at a time because Manifest Surprise Renewal after one season got even more Surprise Renewal if season two is back for season three, which I feel like will be the last season. That hasn't even happened. It was on in the fall and hasn't been on yet. And this thing just leapfrogged it and it's on. And it's just like, I'm sorry, NBC, but you need to go back to the drawing board with your whole entire network because your best two sitcoms are gone and there's no guarantee that Mr. Mayor or Keenan gets renewed. And... I know that with the way this is to Amsterdam got their multi-season renewals that is so that they know how long, how many years they have and how they're going to end it. So when those shows end, I'm just going to have Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and that's like it. Like, I don't watch Good Girls. I don't watch the competition shows and I don't watch the the Chicago shows and I don't watch Blacklist. So there really isn't that much on this network that I'm getting myself interested in watching because it's just... Because if you look at the internet, they're just like below average thing is just eh. so that's really what it is. So rest in peace to every famous person in the world of entertainment and sports who passed away. Uh, happy trails to the people who retired. For all the people dealing with medical issues like blood clots, surgeries, and all these other things. You know, heal up and get better. Um, that was an interesting NBA trade deadline. More football stories. The 17-game season is interesting. Oscar De La Hoya came out of retirement. You know, there's even football trades that just were interesting. And some of the baseball news. But just so you know, the Baseball Preview Podcast, which will be available like this on Apple, Google, Spotify, and get your podcasts on the radar, will be coming out this week. The season starts Thursday night. You will also, in general, go to On The Radar Media, my website, Radar 4428, my blogger, Radar 428, my Twitter, On The Radar YouTube, and also On The Radar Tame blog on Facebook. Because as always, we talk about sports, local and national, pop culture, for all the... all the all your news. And it, it's just bad in baseball that we've had these injuries with Tommy John surgery for a lot of pitchers. The Rays, the Blue Jays, the Mariners, you know, and I just mentioned the Rangers. All these guys are, you know, having all these injuries and all these roster moves of them optioning guys, releasing them, or guys are opting out because they've been told they're not making the team, and then the team is not good at catcher or in the outfield or at second base or in the rotation or even in the bullpen. And you go, why did you cut those guys? Because that's just where I, I don't get some of these decisions. You know, that's just the problem with trying to predict the final roster spots for all these teams. And um, that's where I'm just like, uh, it's just the good thing about Will Harris is he doesn't have to get like surgery, surgery, just numbness. So it's not as bad. But yes. This was episode number 75. I feel like woohoo, 75 was the NBA trade deadline. 
and all the and, and unfortunately all these sad people sad deaths and stuff in the world. Thank you for listening to another edition of On the Radar Podcast. Number F75. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.